welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. Hanging out in the darkness of the abyss, it's me, Ordo, and him there in the sunlight, it's Cardwiz. Build an army, trust no one, except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast, my good friend Ordo. It sounds like somebody needs to close up the curtains in order to let, prevent the sunshine from getting in, because you, knowing you, you do tend to be a different person in the daylight, along with, like, a certain blonde-headed new character I know. Yeah, I know. The sunlight makes everything terrible, and I'm sorry to inconvenience you, Cardwiz, by having you record with me today. It's perfectly all right. Let me just blot out the sun with a magical go- with a magical goblet that will grant wish- wishes. And all right, we should be good now. Oh, wow, much better. I love the darkness. <laughs> so as you can tell, we've been playing the, pretty much the same thing. The fourth wave of DLC finally came out for Fire Emblem Three Houses, Cinder Shadows. And we have completed it, we'll played it, and we'll let you know how we feel about it. But before that happens, we gotta talk. It's been a little bit since we've recorded. I had some uh, family stuff happen, but that's okay. Everything everything is good. So, Cardwiz, uh, other than the aforementioned Cindered Shadows, what have you been into? Oh, I've been on the retro rampage lately, and I online I found a copy of a PlayStation game I always wanted to play as a kid, but I could never get a hold of one. I finally got a copy of Monster Rancher 2. And if you don't know the Monster Rancher franchise, that's a monster raising franchise, but there's a distinct difference which puts the Monster Rancher franchise different than the others. With Monster Rancher and Monster Rancher 2 on the PlayStation, to get your monsters, you go to a shrine, and then once you activate the shrine, you you open up the disc tray, take it out, and put in another PlayStation game or CD, just whatever CD you have around the house, and that will give you your own distinct monster with its own stats and everything. And I've been having a ball with that, putting in my musical CDs. Right now, I am raising a pretty awesome uh, monkey-rabbit hybrid, or ape-hair hybrid, if you want to get into technical terms of the game, who is pretty much dominating everything, thanks to the musical Next to Normal, one of my favorites. Speaking of CDs, you know you could put in that Fire Emblem Premium Range number 2 in if you had it. I don't think I've opened that one yet. <laughs> whenever I get a soundtrack sort of thing, whenever I get like a special edition of a game, I usually just never take it out of the package. Not for any, oh, I'm going to save this. It'll be worth millions one day. It's just like, eh, I'll just keep it on the shelf. One day I'll listen to it. And I, I'm, I love video game soundtracks. I usually don't listen to them in my free time. Oh, disgusting. I do it all the I, time. I know I'm a horrible person. I, I like to stick with my musicals and my sports podcasts like a true pleb. What, what games have you been playing? I have played and beaten Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and then Yakuza Remastered Collection, which is Yakuza 3, 4, and 5, came in the mail. So I've been dabbling with a little bit with Yakuza 3, and uh, been enjoying it. Yes, I have not touched any of the Yakuza franchise, but... Yakuza 0, literally days from now as we record this, is going to come out on Xbox Game Pass, and I'm going to probably devour that game. And I look forward to it, because I've always kind of wanted to get into that franchise, but from far away, I've liked everything except the battle system. I didn't think it looked fun, but maybe it'll play differently. Maybe I'll enjoy it once I get my hands on it. But for now, I'm just sticking with playing my retro games and playing a little bit of Tokyo Mirage Sessions as well. I'm I'm far behind you. I'm not even close to beating the game. I've only recruited like my fifth party member at this point, but I'm enjoying the slow burn, fun dungeon crawling experience 
with a good amount of challenge. I'm very happy with the challenge that the game provides. Well, the battle system, but I, I have a feeling one day we'll devote an entire episode to Tokyo Mirage Session, so I'll save those thoughts for a later point. Yeah, we keep dipping our toes into it here and there, but we never quite go all the way. Maybe because Fire Emblem keeps coming out with big news that prevents us from doing that deep dive. Well, speaking of, did you hear what happened at the Dice Awards? What happened at the Dice Awards, Ordo? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses won an award for the best uh, simulation slash strategy game. In your face, rest of the world, Fire Emblem reigns supreme once again! Not only that, uh, this is something that came out, uh, I think, a few days ago as of this recording. Uh, the... Intelligence system staff who, you know, de- develop, you know, um, Fire Emblem, their staff is now at their highest numbers they have ever been thanks to Three Houses and Heroes. I can't wait to speculate about what that means for the future of the Fire Emblem franchise, but for now we don't have to speculate about the future. The future is now, and the future is Cindered Shadows. So this is a... Well, how do you... Mm, okay, do you want to go spoilers or no spoilers? I don't think we talked about this. I think we can go full on spoilers for this. If if you let's give our initial thoughts about it personally for the amount of money like I've been enjoying all of the DLC so far whether it's worth $25 and eh, that's up in the air but I personally have absolutely loved three houses and this has added more to it. With this DLC in particular, we get four really good characters. I love all of the characters and for me in Fire Emblem, the characters are the most important thing, and I I love all four of them. And we get a, like a new map, but in the side story campaign, we get like seven different chapters out of it. A couple of them are really interesting and really good the way they pull it off. And when we recruit the four center shadow, shadow members in the main campaign, you get a couple of new paralogs with them. I personally think it is worth it. I do have nitpicks about it, but overall, I like it. I would recommend Cinder Shadows. I I thought it was okay. It starts off a little rocky, which we're about to get into, but yeah, I I like the characters as well. <clears throat> My favorite was uh, Constant. Was it what was her name? Constance uh, something Nouvelle. I can't remember what she calls her middle name. Forget that exactly as well. But oh man, she she's such a. All four characters are incredibly well designed. But she's one of the best designs. She a tremendous design, a fun character. She has a quirk, but I don't really mind that quirk that much. And her time skip design? Oh my gosh! Top tier. Yeah, it's. I wasn't fantastic. watching. I haven't. I haven't started my uh, Crimson Flower playthrough yet. Surprise. Um, but I was watching Mangs's reaction to her to all the time skip designs for the for those characters, and Constance looks really good. I'd probably say she's the best. Happy Happy surprised me too. Honestly, I like all of them. Like. I I really like Yuri's design. I also I like Balthus's design. All four are are fantastic designs. The characters are the best part of this DLC. If you like the characters, if that's one of the big parts you like Fire Emblem, I 100% would recommend Centered Shadows. And check this out. Check out this weird thing that they did. They gave them full support lists. Yes, it, they aren't massive support lists, but it's not just supports with each other. They each have a, at least one or two outs from the other houses, so that's a nice thing. Personally, I, I enjoy Constance and Ferdinand von Ayers. Did, did you know he was a noble? Really? Yeah, yeah. The two of them have a support chain, which I enjoy quite a bit. Oh, don't spoil that one for me. I can't. I can't wait to see it. 
I will not spoil it for you. Oh, you know what? And randomly, they added a support with Juritsa and Bernadetta. I still haven't done a Crimson Flower route since they added Juritsa, so maybe next time. I'm currently on a Golden Duo run. Maybe next time I'll do a Crimson Flower run so I can finally play with Juritsa and -hmm. have the one true pairing of him and Bernadetta. What? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, I wonder if she'll be afraid of him in the sea support. No. Well, I don't know, because it depends on when you get uh, Juritsa. Because typi- typically all of her sea supports are her being like frightened, and it's pre-time skip, but her supports afterwards, she's not frightened. But, again, who knows? Uh, so, let's talk about Sindred Shadows and how it starts off really weird. Hey, Orda, what, what, what's that behind you? Is that... Oh, is that a hole in the wall? That is most definitely a hole in the wall, and I'm Pretty sure I saw someone go down there. All right, let's start a grand adventure. Okay, great. Let's bring our most trusted companions. Hilda, Hilda, Ash, and uh, Leonhard, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the start of this is weird. Like, I don't remember, like, we had talked about on the podcast if when that list came out with Linhart, Ash, and Hilda on it. I assumed that, like, okay, there's going to be some great reason why it's these three in particular. And Hilda, as the story goes along, oh, Hilda makes kind of makes sense why she's there, I guess. Linhart, uh, okay, you're, you're a quest guy. You're, you're in the intellectual role. So that, I think that role could have gone to Hubert because. Or Hanneman. Hubert or Hanneman because. I, honestly, I prefer Hubert because it would have been nice to get the three lords and their three number ones who you can't really get in the other campaigns. Mm-hmm. It seems like that would make the most sense, but uh, no, nah, we, we got Linhart and Ash, too. So, and I don't know why Ash is here. I I kept waiting to figure out a reason. Like, Ash says something at one point and is like, oh, yeah, I kind of know who Yuri is. Doesn't go much further than that. I mean, his, and his, his lock pick ability isn't really useful either. Ash is there because it's like, okay, uh, we need an archer, I guess. Uh, Ash is an archer. Let put him in. But we could have put uh, the green arrow in instead. Whatever his name is, I forget his. Ignatz. Yeah, Ignatz. Ignatz, Mercedes. Most characters would have been better than Ash here. I I don't hate the character of Ash, but he does not fit in with the storyline. He doesn't add anything at all outside of his bow, which I found to be very useful. And honestly, I don't even really think Dimitri adds that much being here. He doesn't really say too much. Edelgard doesn't even either. So it's like like Claude, Hilda, and uh, Linhart with his crest knowledge were the only ones who added even a touch of anything. Because like Claude was there being sort of the snarky plotting guy, and Yuri is also a plotting guy. So it's just like, okay, this is another version of Claude, kind of. They, they share some of the same tendency. So I enjoyed whenever the two of them interacted. It was just like, oh, this is adding a little bit. I didn't, I didn't look it up, but does Claude have support with Yuri? With Yuri? I don't think so. I think he, the only one he can support with is uh, is Balthus. Oh, okay. We probably have to, to double-check. I, I know they have full lists, but I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Yes, I remember Balthus can support with... I, he can only support with Golden Deer's members, if I remember correctly, and he was supported with her ball him Balthus saying it Balthus could support with Claude Hilda and one other person I think Lysenthia yes Lysenthia I enjoyed their support because I've, I've actually gotten their up to their B oh, that stinks so I would like to see a support between those two just going out of being like okay 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 how do we make the ultimate poison uh those, those two were fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy all these characters so much I love this game I really enjoyed 
the characters added center status, their story, not so much as presented by we're starting with a hole in the wall. We fall into a hole, we meet the students, and we get our first battle. And I really like this first battle because it takes place on, get this, a new map. Tell me more. Not only is it a new map, it's a new map with little tricks to it. It's a new map where you like pull a lever and it's like, oh, nothing happens. But then you get like different pathways. You can either fight how someone like happy head on or you could try to go around. But, oh, no, if you go around, you fight a monster that happy can summon if she sighs. Well, let's just be happy that she's not Cordelia. Uh, no, um, card was no. No. Oh, oh crud. run. Run. Anyways, <laughs> let's, let's get back on track here. Like, it, overall, this is a fun map. Thank you, game, for adding a map. I can't wait to see. This is the story's like six or seven chapters. I can't wait to see all seven maps they added to this. It's a, a well. I also think that this very first fight also serves as a nice introduction to their unique classes as well. Like it, it, the map is sort of separated. You can sort of separate into four parts. One with each of the people being featured. Start out with Balthus, then Happy, then Constance, ending with Yuri. And uh, I started playing this campaign on hard, and it it's harder than the uh, base game hard. So there's there's a bit of a challenge there. Not quite maddening, but it's a very good challenge. At least this first chapter was a good challenge. I, I just played it on normal. I didn't want to do it on hard. Overall, good first map. We move on to the second map, and we learn about how there's this ancient artifact or something. We need to go and fight and protect and all blah, blah, blah. We... There are people invading the Abyss, which is where they live, and basically the second map is a big arena map. I liked this map. I actually like just press start, or plus, or whatever it is, and I went down into uh, the Warriors mode. There's nothing really too interesting, but I just like the look of it. It's Again, it's a very arena-looking place. I always forget arena mo- uh, uh, Warriors mode is the thing, but... It's a solid big arena map. I like how the top, the different tiles are spaced out, and in the hard mode, you really have to use those to keep some of the people alive because you start out the map with like the three houses units in the bottom right and the center Saturn characters in the middle, sort of free range for the people who come after them. So it, I really enjoyed the, this map. It was a, I had a really good, long, hard-fought battle because this is one of those maps that just has a bunch of waves and after wave after wave after wave and oh there's the death knight over there in the corner oh crud it's just it's a good map in my opinion yeah i liked it i was was trying to figure out why in the world is the death knight here yeah i one would think that there'd be like some sort of special thing with edelgard but that could possibly explain stuff but that never happens but now we get to everyone's favorite chapter chapter three do you like dolls? Pardon my language. Screw this map. First off, it's it's clearly just a reskin of the forest map from uh, from Three Houses, the map where you fight a uh, girl who murdered your father and uh, Solon. Cronia. Cronia. It is straight up that map, except without that statue that has the crest of flames in the, at the top middle part. They've removed some of the geometry, too. Like, what is it, that giant structure in the center? Yeah, that was the thing I was talking about. Oh, sorry. It's like, this is basically a reskin of that map, and it's just, oh my goodness. I From this point, I started to go a little bit downhill on this on this campaign, because at this point, before we got to this point, we met the leader of the Cinder Shadows. Ulfric. 
and he told us a little story, a little story which sort of if you knew if you kind of know storytelling and are able to connect the dots, it's just like, oh, you just I know exactly how this story is going to end up. I have a bet of how this story is going to go. And beat for beat, that exact same thing happened. He tells us the story of the ancient chalice that once you combine the blood of the four saints, you sort of grant wishes. Then coincidentally, around the same time, we learn about uh, we learn that the most interesting part of this DLC he knew our mother. He knew Byleth's mother. And we learn her name, Citri. And I think we actually talked about it in our in our main playthrough of the Blue Lions of that, you know, we really don't know about much about the mother. I'm happy about Cinder Shadows because he gave us a little bit more information about her, which I'm very happy about. But he tells us, oh, oh yeah, uh, I, she was one of my best friends. I cared deeply for her, and she fell in love with Geralt, and I was so happy for them. But then she died. <laughs> it's not funny as you die but Ulfric's just a simp that's all yeah. this amounts to he, he's, he's he's happy for her he's genuinely happy for her he, he wouldn't do something try to murder a bunch of people in order to and turn evil in order to bring her back to life with a wish granting chalice thing you know what's interesting it, going back to how this DLC starts when they're talking about the Cinder Shadows and they have like the tapestry up when you see the actual like chalice, you can see there's a bunch of little red like I uh, red things in there. Those would probably be crest stones. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, spoiler like like with the four characters we get who all have four crests, we only see two items that have crest stones. We see Balthus's gauntlet and Yuri's uh, trinket thing, which you don't really get to see it unless you play the main campaign and do his uh, paralogue to where you get it. It's like a really cool kind of glove thing, <laughs> like a fingerless glove. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll show you a picture later, and we can post it on the Emblem Support t- Twitter, possibly. But uh, y- we don't get really get anything for Happy or Constance. We don't get like some legendary weapon with a crest stone thing, but oh well. The ladies get cheated again. Yes, they do. It's just like in Fates where, uh, you know, every, all the males get, like, legendary weapons, but the ladies get nothing. Chapter 3 is a big pain in the butt. I, str- I straight up quit hard mode and went, put it down to normal mode because the endless supply of dolls just got to me. I could not deal with it anymore. I, tr- I tried it two times on hard, got my butt kicked, used all five of my divine pulses each time. Had went to normal mode, finally beat it, but dear lord, I hated this map so much. I didn't so much as find it hard. Again, I'm playing on normal. I didn't find it so much as hard, just annoying. Just doll after doll after doll after doll. I'm like, oh my god, please. Yeah. Like, on hard mode, I, I got to a point where it's just like, I just kept running out of my, uh, uh my, uh, crud, my brain is... Divine Pulse? No, not I was running out of Divine Pulse, but I was running out of Gambits to use against the guys. Oh, oh, yeah, those two. She's like, they're they're better players than me. I I am a okay Fire Rumble player. Well, it's just uh, that you know, in the in the units that you have, you know, not counting your Cindered Shadows or your Ashen Wolves people, it's like you know, you're used to okay. I have Edelgard. I know what Edelgard's skill is. Edelgard should have this, this, and this. But then you go to it and it's just like, oh wait, never mind. She doesn't because this is like a uh, regenerated campaign. Yeah, it's like a rental Pokemon where you can't, where you don't know what the moves are. 
and they don't stack up to your actual Pokemon, mm-hmm. I think. I guess that's a... I don't know, that might be an old Pokemon Stadium reference. <laughs> People might not, <laughs> might not get that. Yeah, it's, that's it what it feels like. Because it, it's just like, you know, I don't have my... You know, I don't have my Hilda. Yeah, the, the biggest thing about Three Houses that kind of the game itself spoiled us on is just like... You, it gives you so much customization to let you do just about whatever you want with your units. And it's weird that this side story says, here are these exact units that must be in these exact classes, but you will give you like one choice to reclass if you want, but we're taking away 90% of your choice. Here's your side story campaign. Pretty much. Yep. It, it three houses taking away its own strength on purpose does weaken it a little bit still again want to re-emphasize i overall enjoyed this screw chapter three on hard but eventually oh yes at this point we learn constance's quirk of like if she's in the sunlight she becomes super depressed <laughs> she so she becomes a modern day person uh, so basically by these four crests they basically open up the uh the thing that was sealed away and it was of course get this the chalice i mean thank saros uh Ulfric was there to tell us about it. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness at the end of this map, a hole in the wall opened up. Yeah. Uh, and like it, it glowed with these four crests that coincidentally these four members of the Cinder Shadows have. What a coincidence. Weird. Yeah. He, they couldn't have been all placed in the Cinder Shadows house by some person pulling all the strings in the background. A, a puppet master? What are you, insane? This is Fire Emblem. They would never do that. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4, it's time to run away. Oh my god, this map. This is the map that I hate. Not because it's tough, not because it's difficult. I like the map itself. What I hate is the music. (laughs) It's just like, it's that same 15 to 20 second loop over and over and over. But Chapter 4 is an epic chase scene. Don't we need epic chase music playing the entire time? Oh god, not not for a, not for a chase that's going to be that long. It's a chase map. It's the same map from chapter one, but chapter one we only got to work with like the bottom right to top right section. This one we're working with more the whole map. So again, reusing the same map but doing different mechanics with it. I was okay with this. Mm-hmm. Again, because I really like this map. You run away from a giant, super powerful doll chasing you, closing doors along the way. Solid time. Just have a solid time running away. And the way that the reinforcements come at you really makes you like strategize. You know what, what, what who do I need to place where? What gambits do I need to use? It was this is probably I don't say my favorite map, but Son Son's the the music for this. This one was probably one of my favorites. After this, we go back to the house and back to Abyss and gasp. Oh no, the master of the Cinder Shadows has been kidnapped. No. Not Ulfric, that guy we met mm, a chapter ago. Yes, sadly, he has been kidnapped. But where will we go? What will we do? Oh, I know exactly where we'll go. We'll go to one of the same maps that we already had in the game. Yeah, it's it's the map of like the pseudo-ruined city where Geralt took us to fight five beasts, where we sort of... It's the map where Geralt dies, I think. Oh, like it's the chapel or something. That yeah. Same, that same busted chapel. That same busted chapel. It's really annoying that we have to see this exact same map again. It's a it's a solid map in itself, but come on, we 
we got new DLC and we're really only get like two real full on new maps. Yeah. This map I actually had trouble with, not because of anything that was actually difficult, but because of, I guess the game thought, and I guess the game expected its players to do something else than what it, what I, what the, what I did. Cause the first thing I did, I was like, okay, I've got these people up here in the North. I'm like, okay, let me go take care of them. I got a couple people in the South. Let me go take care of them. And happy because, you know, it's a storyline thing. She's, they're like, oh, you need to go sigh and summon a monster. And what does she do but summon a giant monster right next to my troops? And what does the giant monster do? Attack my troops. <laughs> this map had some interesting quirks to it. I enjoy that we start off the map with happy sighing and summoning a giant bird who kidnapped both of us. I thought that was kind of neat and silly in a good way. The bandit boss of this chapter, he's oddly familiar. He... He's one of those bad guys who works for uh, the Flame Emperor. Edelgard, do you have anything to say about this that we can add to the situation that might add a dimension to this story? It was like, oh, maybe the Flame Emperor, we've seen the Death Knight earlier, maybe the Flame Emperor is after this, after this chalice. Like, it'd be nice if we can sort of go into detail about that to have this possible third set of enemies that we're fighting. Can we go into that, Edelgard? No, move on. Let's not add any character depth or anything like that. We don't need that. Eh, there we go. Same map. We Oh, and we get to be in control of totally got, totally not a bad guy. And he has a crest of uh, Saros, I believe. Oh, I didn't even like look at him. Look at him. Yeah, you, he's a green unit, but he's a green unit you can control. I had uh, I, I had him doing some healing for me. That's when I figured out that, oh, yeah, he's totally going to be the bad guy to betray us because he wasn't getting any levels or anything. I was like, yeah, he's going to betray us, but whatever. He's he's still such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. And what, Yuri, what are you doing with that sword? Yuri! Yuri! Yeah, Yuri betrays us. He's a double agent. I can't believe it. He, he, he planned a scheme on us? But one, like two minutes later... Oh no, he's a triple agent. He's on our side again. Yay! Y yay! Glad that we were able to resolve that very quickly with little to no tension. I, I can't b believe it. We yeah, bad guy kidnaps with Yuri's help kidnaps the four members of the Ashen Wolves and starts draining their blood. But Yuri was like, "Ha ha! I have a friend coming. A blessing from the goddess. Byleth will come and save us." And of course, Violet comes and saves us, because that's what Violet does. Hooray for being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Ulfric just needed, basically, the four blood of these four apostles. Uh, you called them four saints earlier. I forgot to correct that. These aren't the four saints. These are the four apostles. Totally different. Yeah, four apostles. Four, yeah. Uh, and these, Sorry. These are... Uh, these crests are different, I guess, for some reason. They don't really explain why these people disappeared after the failed right but uh with their with the power of their blood and the chalice they're supposed to be able to bring someone back to life and so he's going to drain all of their blood so he can bring back someone i wonder if we could guess who it could possibly be hmm. he, he, he's trying to bring your mom back to life he turns out that he found your mom's body which has been weirdly perfectly preserved for the last 21 years uh, raya you Raya, do you want to explain that? This was an actual, like, surprise in the DLC. I was like, oh. Yeah, we got a really nice surprise. We got a nice still shot of seeing your mother, Citri. 
And she looks so much like female Byleth. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm happy with the design. But maybe like they'll pull a surprise and actually bring her back to life. That'd be actually kind of cool. I wouldn't believe that. But turns out we need, bad guy needs to go through a ritual. And part of that ritual is sapping the blood out of our people, our Cinder Shadow friends. And how does that work? By going to the place where the, we found the Sword of Creation, that same map... We get to play one of the old maps again. Aren't we excited? Isn't that fun? This is great. Well, they were only able to use that map like twice in the main game, so the, or just once in the main game. So, yeah, they better get their money out of that map. I mean, it's not like you would play a different route and play it three more times. Yeah, it's, it's not good. This, this makes like the fifth time you've played on this map, if you count the four routes plus the DLC. Yeah. Really? There, there is a gimmick with this map, and it's... The four center shadow people are being drained, and they're doing that by poisoning. And you have to get a non center shadow unit onto a square to block the poisoning. The mechanics of the map are okay, but come on, we couldn't have made a new map, really. With all that time that you've had, yeah, I'll just have my people stand on a couple of different squares, draw out their boltings, get their meteors out of the way, and. Uh... Game, I like you. I really do like you. I wish you wouldn't do these little annoying things. Yeah, it's just... I mean, after this, Ulfric was pretty easy to take out. Once you stop the blood draining. Yeah, because before the blood draining, I think he has like an artificial boost to his stats to make him impossible to beat, I think. Set, I don't think there's an alternate path where you can beat him but still have the ritual happen. That would be a neat thing to do be a nice thing to incorporate choices and alternate paths in this side story, but that's not going to happen. And we move on to the final chapter. Even though he only got a little bit of blood from the Cinder Shadows, from the from the Ashen Wolves, Alfred's going to go through the, with, with the ritual anyway. And uh, we go full Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and he fuses with your mother's corpse and, and... turns to a dragony thing and i hated this yeah we got a new map out of it at least it's like a room but yeah no yeah but having him fuse with your like mother's body is just like ugh. yeah it's not nice not nice at all it's like and it's like a dragon thing that's like all muscly flesh with this with, with like a goat skull and, and there's two eye holes on the skull too Ugh. It's gross. Ulfric, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and like, Rhea tells us, oh, it's just like what happened 995 years ago. Hey, Rhea, you want to tell us anything? No? Okay. So this dragon, uh, well, I guess we'll just call it a dragon. Maybe it's more like a, well, I guess it's more like a dragon zombie from like Echoes or, what's his name, Sacred Stones. But yeah, it, I think it's, it, yes, it's called an Umbral Beast. He's he's one of the big three by three nine square big monster units because we don't really get many of those in the game. So I was happy to have another one of those to fight. This fight had a fun mechanic where every turn he would summon a bunch of fake Alfrics, and then if you left any of them alive the previous turn, he would sort of eat them and use that to heal himself. I really enjoyed this battle. It was it had some fun mechanics to it with the different Alfrics coming along. If you left the beast long, live long enough. He would do a massive teleportation attack thing that hits everyone and scatters everyone around the map, including himself. 
he got me with that twice. And he was almost about to do it a third time, and then I was just like, you know what, forget this. I had like three Ulfrics on the map. I was like, if I can make people attack in a certain way in a certain amount of orders, I can I can kill this dude in this next turn. And uh, it's pretty much what... I mean, he's not, he's not easy to kill. He has like, I think, four uh, life bars. But he, uh, He's a... He's a good I'm, final boss. It's a good final boss for this map. Happy way to end the side story. Basically, what we find out is that, you know, just like the song says, Ulfric turned his back on the wolf pack, and he... Wound up in a body bag. Yeah. When, when, the final, when that final chapter title card came up and it said wolf pack, I'm just like, oh my <laughs> god. It was so perfect. <laughs> we end up saving the day. Rhea tells the the Ashen Wolves, "Hey, you guys are graduated. You're pardoned from all of your crimes that you've committed." That sort of it got you into abyss. Sounds there like a little sounds like a little bit of you know hush hush. Yeah, Rhea's good at the hush hush, but that that's the end of the story, and it totally makes zero sense with the timeline of the actual game. These events happening, but. Let, let's ignore that. Let's ju- just pretend this doesn't really happen. It's his own thing. You know what? You know what would be an interesting they could have thing they could have done. Made actually, this... make this a fifth branch in the main game. This then this stuff could actually make sense. I thought this would have been more interesting if this was like something with Geralt. I mean, if they were going to involve Byla uh, some other Citri. Then it should have been about, you know, what happened 21 years ago. Yeah, it, and this is pre-Sothis uh, fusion Byleth. Like, and we don't even see Sothis in this, and we don't see Geralt in this. So it's just like, if those are two weird key characters from green-haired Byleth time, dark green Byleth hair time to not include, but uh, it's... Overall, I, this story overall was just so disappointing. There was so much that they could have done with this. I, I truly wish they had gone full out and made this. We are adding a fourth house to pick from the very start of the game with its own post-design, post-time-skip storyline also. Well, Incorporate it into Silver Snow somehow. Maybe, like, or even, like, if they don't want to do, like, a post-skip story. If they just had you pick your house at the beginning, you oh I picked the Ashen Wolves house, and it ends at the time skip thing. Maybe that that storyline ends with Byleth actually dying in the in the Crimson Flower Assaults. But I, I don't know how what what exactly they could have done. But this whole side story thing, and then you oh you just randomly pick these guys up in the main campaign. It's like ah, this is. It's disappointing, and even if it's just a side story, if it's just a side story, go frickin' wild with it. Like, have Yuri actually legit be a traitor, since it doesn't matter in the main campaign. Have Yuri actually be, like, the big bad of this thing, and, like, and then in your Golden Deer route, you can recruit Yuri, and it's like, oh, because we recruit him, he doesn't turn into a bad guy or something like that. Sort of like, uh, with, I don't know. There's, There's so much potential in this story, but since it's just a side story, they don't go full out with it. They don't do as much as they could have. This is just a by-the-book story. 
but they include some really good lore about Citri, which I really like. But outside of that, I can't I can't fully endorse this story. And I'm so tired of the betrayal storyline with intelligent systems. It's like ever since like Fates, uh, or was it Conquest? Yeah, yeah. Ever since you know the the two Fates, sorry, the three Fates titles, the only thing they can ever think of as being the big twist is oh no, a betrayer. It's just like, can you not? think of anything else no they can't overall though i did enjoy it but i mean you'd be completely fine just missing it and maybe watching a, a playthrough or reading reading about it i'm glad i've got the characters i'm glad i played through it i'm never playing through this side story again the map the battles themselves are okay but that dull map is dull fight is horrific and the fact that we only get two real maps out of this is annoying Two maps I'm sure we're never going to see again. Although, one uh, positive thing about this DLC that came about that I want to touch on. When you play the main story, you get a reward for beating Cinder's Shadows. You get the chalice. You get that as an item. It uh, nullifies extra effectiveness, and it also gives you counterattack at all range. Oh, well... Given what, we're, <laughs> given what we're going to talk about in a few minutes, I'm sure uh, having counterattack in any range would be nice. Yes, but we have, we also get the two paralogs out of this. We get two, we get a paralog with uh, Balthus and Happy. Uh, long story short, he this is his quest to get his gauntlets. Turns out the boss of this chapter, one his last words that he ever says after you kill him: "Forgive me, my daughter." Monica. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you, I felt you just added this to give Monica something, but it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm okay with this random twist. <laughs> okay. Th- th- but those gauntlets that Balthus has are a beast. They are. I love their design so much. It's like, it's, it's full on like dragon claw sort of thing. So Cardwiz, we've been talking about Cindered Shadows for a little bit. Um, no support this time. I just, I don't know, I didn't really feel like doing one. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely do, we'll definitely have one next time. Let's wrap up the Blue Lions. Chapter 21, Part 2, Azure Moon, Verdant Rain Moon, Our Chosen Paths. Well, looking more and more like Patricia, Dimitri's mother, is involved in all this. Yep. Wonder how that's going to come out in the story. I I cannot wait to find out how more she's involved in this. Yeah. I know, it's going to be such a great reveal once we have that moment. Ooh, maybe she's still alive. Maybe... Oh, that'd be a good final boss encounter. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, going around the monastery as usual, I've got Byleth in the Sothis DLC outfit, which I think I forgot to mention last time. Thank you for the random free DLC. The The Viscount believes causing, that, causing the massacre and Dusker, somehow that was the right thing. That's is what's going to help everyone out. 
sure. Let, let's keep justifying massacres. That I'm sure there's a good reason for it. Uh, roaming around the monastery dressed as Sothis. Uh, our mission of the month is getting supplies. We're at the end game. All the missions of the month are just pretty much just getting supplies to your head of the house. Before we launch into battle, Dimitri tries to be peaceful. He, We try to have a meetup with Edelgard. Let's try to end this war peacefully. Edelgard's a jerk. She just says that war is going to lead to fewer deaths than the alternative. Dimitri says that she's imposing her beliefs on the world, and that is incredibly self-righteous. And then as this peaceful meeting ends, Dimitri then gives her the dagger that Edelgard dropped five years ago, and that he gave her once when they were children. Sylvain mentions this dagger in one of their supports, pre-time skip. Yeah, this is a very important moment to Dimitri. I'm I'm glad that we see this through his supports. As the scene ends, she tells us that she will be awaiting us in Inbar, and the music turns into sweeping, sad, slow, and just some of the best music in this game. But forget about war. Forget about all this. Do you know what time it is? It's S-support time. The most important choice in the entire game. The thing the game was built around. Waifu Wars. Who? is Bylas at support. And get this, get this, I didn't screw it up. Ha <laughs> I knew you had to get it right eventually. Out of my 260 hours playing this game, I only have two S supports. <laughs> I, I've managed to get it right each time. I'm, on my four playthroughs, I have four S supports. I'm very happy with all of them. Although one of them was just sort of random because I didn't like how that playthrough was going. Oh, but, so now that we're at it, Cardwiz... Who did you choose? I chose the person who I've been stat tracking the entire time. I did the math. I added up all the stats and gave it to the person who got the best level ups on average. And that person for me was Ash. Ash is one of the more boring characters in my opinion, but dang, did he just destroy the battlefield for me? Is that is that going to be your uh, is that going to be your wedding vows to your partner in real life? You know? Oh heck yeah! It's like yeah, you're kind of boring, but dang, you got good stats. I mean, you got amazing level ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I'm single. And also, we've had like four conversations. Take this ring. Yeah, that's probably how my eventual proposal will go down. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. And who did you end up selecting for your S support? Honestly, I've had her in all of my playthroughs. There's never been a time where I haven't said. She has to be on my team. She has to be on my team. She has to be on my team. None other than Shamir. Yes. I finally did it. And the, and the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I actually got the A-plus support from her and Catherine, so I kind of stole her from Catherine. <laughs> eh, you probably could steal her from Catherine in my playthrough now because I kind of got my Catherine killed last time. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, I've been... Yeah, I really got. I really had a choice of people this time. I had like Mercedes, uh, Marianne. I'm trying to think of all the people. I had like six different choices. I think I even sent you a picture. I was like, "Oh my god, who do I choose?" I was just like, "You know what? It's got to be Shamir." We've each chosen our S supports, and for me personally, my long quest in this game, this our se- seventh part of our Blue Lions playthrough, I finally achieved one of my goals. I now have a dark bishop. <laughs> yes. As you may recall, I tried to make Sylvain, my dark mage, into dark bishop, but he died. He got crit. Then I tried to deal with Hanneman, but he got crit. 
But now I have Ignatz. Ignatz has finally made it to the Dark Bishop. He will rule the world at my side through the power of darkness. Or something like that. Uh, I just know that Dark Bishops and stuff have, like, poisoning power or something. I'll, I'll, I'll just keep working with that. But dang it, it's a moral victory. <laughs> Ignatz will live to see the end of this campaign. Unlike mine that just sat on the bench during the Golden Deer playthrough. But it's time for a map. Uh, we, we're into battle. we got to go beat up Hubert for like the seventh time. And it's it's the that big city map. We're split into two groups at the top. And, and we've got a couple of uh, black eagles strewn throughout. It's going to be fun. I had to kill Petra. Oh, yes. I, my Dimitri demolished Petra. I had to kill Dorothea. I think I recruited Dorothea. I think I accidentally recruited Dorothea. I don't think I ever used her. <laughs> well, she's safe at least. Yeah. But you had to kill Hubert. Are you doing okay, buddy? I've killed Hubert many times now. Yeah, me too. My, uh, Cyril finished off Hubert for me. Oh. Cyril earned it. But uh, before we go into chapter tw- 22, we get a little bit of te- a little bit of a tease. We see that Edelgard is like, what, what, what do you... What the hell have you done with yourself? I guess we'll have to find out in Chapter 22. Part 2. Azure Moon. Verdant Rain Moon. Oath of the Dagger. Hegemon Edelgard? Holy crap. When I saw this in my original playthrough, not the one that we've done for the podcast, I was like, what is happening? Yes, straight up, I've been playing this game for months and months. I've looked online at stuff for months and months. Somehow, Hegemon Edelgard, the demonic Digimon, evaded my vision. I'm so glad it did, because just this was an oh my god moment, and I loved it. I got spoiled on this, sort of. Um, A friend of mine sent me a folder with, like, every one of the game's every one of the game's pictures just because I needed to use it for editing for like a thumbnail or something for the podcast. And I was just like, well, I'm already in time skip. I already know what all the characters look like. I was just scrolling, 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 scrolling. And the very last images are the two, uh, Hegemon Edelgard pictures. And I was like, I was just looking, I was like, what the hell is that? But as far as like what she actually looked like completely transformed, I had no idea. Because even when you spoilers confront her on uh, another on other paths, she never transforms into that. Mm-hmm. It somehow like the conversations that she has with Dimitri somehow that must have pushed her over the edge somehow. Oh, it's so good. It, but it's not just Hegemon Edelgard that we're, we're fighting. We're fighting a bunch of mysterious soldiers and some random dude named Mycen. Who's Misa? What? Has he been an important character this entire time? He's part of those that slither in the dark. I don't yeah, know. just like all of a sudden, randomly, there's a guy named Mycen. Once you kill him, some of the mysterious people are like, oh no, he got they got Mycen. Uh, okay, this is, must have been a super important character. I'm glad we got to know him very well as we go across this map. We learned that Edelgard can attack from just about any distance, and she can attack twice with twin crest power. Gasp, did you know Edelgard has two crests? Really? She does. Yes, uh, after we killed Mycen, a bunch of the enemies escape, and thank goodness for that, because there are enough 
bad guys on this map. Because I had so many close calls on this map with they rained down meteors upon my head. You know like what the Mary Ann almost died. She lived with one HP somehow. I got so lucky. The strategy for this map is is that you go over, you kill Myson. At least this, this is what I've done for the past two times. You go over, you kill Myson, handle that demonic beast if you need to, because he can't get through that one door. Um, then you go back and can, and take your entire army and push them forward through the very left side of the map. I, I wish I yeah I I pretty much charged straight through and I I uh, I kind of paid for it because I got I got they had so many meteors it felt like they just rained them down upon my head and they they left Marianne with one HP but but Cyril wasn't so lucky. <gasps> Are you Cyril telling died. me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Along with Shamir. What? <laughs> Card <Yeah. was. laughs> I didn't know it was possible for Shamir to die. I thought that was just an impossibility. But... Oh my! Oh, Cardwiz, what have you done? You should divine it... pulsed. I, I, I'm not divine pulsing. I'm, I'm Iron Manning this playthrough, and I, I lost Cyril and Shamir back to back, and like they were at my A support. I was going to try to get them an ending together, but well, they got their own ending together, I guess. I'm upset. Uh, I am upset. Yeah, sorry. You don't, let, you don't let Shamir die. I let Shamir die, and I was such, in such shock. I had to. The next thing I, I, I think I woke up a couple of minutes later when I noticed Aelgard was having like a giant sky purple laser attack. Okay, but luckily I live with that. Uh, at this point, I actually decided to look at Aelgard, the the evil Digimon Hegemon. Uh, her class is Hegemon Husk transformed by ancient methods into a grotesque form she is now able to use the full and unbridled power of her crests not sure what what more i can get out of that it's time to finish her off everyone's going to go up and charge her and she's t posing with power and you know what she's only got a little bit of hp left i know exactly what i'm gonna do the perfect way to end my blue lions campaign the dark bishop shall rise Ignatz will get the final blow and destroy Edelgard once and for all. What the? Ignatz, you missed? You suck. <laughs> and Edelgard just crit Ignatz, I lost my Dark Bishop. <laughs> oh, oh, you're, oh, oh, I know you like baseball, so you know all about three strikes and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> oh <clears throat> in the end i just had dimitri you i had him use his uh his special his his ancient weapon i don't think i'd use it the entire campaign because i just had him using white magic the entire time so i just had him like dimitri i don't care just spear that spear her. she just killed my dark bishop i don't care anymore i was I was dwindling her health down with, uh, get this, Shamir. Uh, and then I would move, like, because I had her on a horse, uh, I would move her, like, just a little bit outside of her attack range. And then I would keep doing that, keep doing that. And I would chip her down with other people. And I was like, well, I'm going to get the final hit with Dimitri because, you know, it just feels right, you know? Yeah. And then Shamir was like, nah, I'm just going to crit this one time and call it a day. Yeah, Shamir's good at that. Yeah. Uh, we get our cutscene. 
she returns to Adelar returns to a human form and Dimitri offers her his hand. But then she throws a dagger at him and Dimitri stabs her. All right. Of course, well, that's how this has to end. Well, there is the alternate ending I sent you. What is this alternate ending you say? The goose takes the knife. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it up, uh, ladies and gents, but I'll, I'll retweet that out. Uh, I mean, it's been a few months, so I've been sitting on that for a long time, so I'll retreat, I'll retreat it. So yeah, we couldn't get through to Edelgard. Uh, unfortunately she decided, you know what? Screw you. Goes to throw the knife into our shoulder and we stabbed her with the lance. And that's it. Yeah, we walk away. Dimitri looks back, and but sad Byleth just won't let him go back. And now we get our endings. We get our, all of our paired endings. And sadly, I don't have that many because, I like I said, I Iron Man and I let people die, including a couple of people pre-time uh, skip. So I'm going to give a quick read of those since that's something most people might not see. Hanan went to Ferdiad's School of Sorcery after the battle at Garrig Mok, but he was caught up in a coup and killed. No! Yeah. Annette returned to the kingdom after the battle of Garrig Mok, but soon fell to illness. She was unable to meet, make the promised meeting. Oh no! She died before... Yeah, oh. she she died of illness. Like, she, she died sick in her bed. Sylvain... He fell in combat with another army after the Battle of Garagmok. He was unable to make the promised meeting. Those are my free time skips, and sadly, the ones who died during the campaign don't get, like, a little story. They just get, like, died in the battle at blank. I only got four paired endings because of this. I already mentioned uh, Byleth and Ash, in which uh, Reyes steps down and Byleth becomes the archbishop. So I had my, my Byleth, who I named Lila. She married anime Danny Phantom, a.k.a. Ash. <laughs> we exchanged our rings and he wonders if he's allowed to be this happy the other pairings i got were for weirdly enough Sedith and ingrid have oh, a paired ending. oh my god i got that one somehow <laughs> that's the one i was going that's the one when the endings were popping up it said Sedith and ingrid i was like uh what? excuse me yeah that they just ended up as paired because they got a support and uh because Ingrid was flying, she could only have so many adjutants, so Sedith was just usually her adjutant. Same here. Yep, but I have a feeling other people's probably got that. I got a paired ending between Mercedes and Aloise. Ew. Nah, it, it's not a romantic thing. He just She just tells him ghost stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like he does have a wife and family, I believe. Yeah, I just, I just think Aloise is just greasy looking. Yeah, and my last paired ending... Dimitri and Marianne. The, the, the romance through depression. That's the one I was aiming for and did not get. I, I got it. I'm so glad I got it. It's like Mar Marianne and Dimitri are two of my favorite characters. I, I'm happy they, they end up together. There's a parrot ending for them. Uh, with me, uh, as mentioned before, I had Mel Byleth and Shamir. I had uh, Sedith and Ingrid, like you mentioned. Mine ended up Ash and Marianne. I don't know why. And then I had, um, unfortunately, I got this one before my previous Blue Lions. It was uh, Mercedes and Annette, which I was a little disappointed because I got it once before. And it's actually a romantic ending. Oh. 
So I, I didn't want to read all of them out, but I'll read this one out. It says, After the war, Annette and Mercedes lived separate lives, the former as a teacher at the School of Sorcery in Ferdiad, the latter as, as a cleric in Garrick Mock. Though they lived apart, they exchanged letters so frequently and shared their lives with one another in such detail, it's, at, it's as though they were side by side. After many de decades, they resigned their respective positions and reunited at Garrick Mock. In their final years, they relocated in a modest house in the fortress city, and it's said they were happy together to the very end. I I really like that one. How sweet. I, I do enjoy these paired supports. I, I love that there's just so many of them. Yeah. Like oh, wait. Each, each playthrough I do, I'm going to end up getting a couple of new ones. Yeah. Uh, my last one was uh, Dimitri and Dudu. You care if I read that one out? Cool. Go for okay. it. Okay. After his coronation, Dimitri assumed the throne of the Holy Kingdom of Fargus, and his loyal vassal Dudu remained ever at his side. Among Dimitri's achievements was the reconciliation of Dusker, an extraordinary effort that required extensive negotiations to get past the history of betrayal and oppression. It was a trying task, but Dimitri never once considered giving up. While they, while they behaved as lord and vassal in public, it is said that Dimitri and Dudu were more like family in private. When Dimitri finally fell ill to illness, Dudu tended to his liege's deathbed, and then took up a post at his grave for the rest of his days. When the time came, they were buried beside each other. Another another fantastic ending. I I love these paired endings in this game so much because there's actual thought put into them. Whereas it's like with Fates and Awakening, uh, except for whatever reason, Stall and Sully, it's person A's ending, person's B together, uh, person A's ending and person B's ending, and then kind of put them together and rearrange, rearrange a couple of words. Uh, each Fire Emblem Three Houses ending feels like someone sat down to write each of them. And there's a lot of, like, pairing options, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, now that we've reached the very end of the Blue Lions, like, how would you rank it compared to the other paths you've played? I think Blue Lions is... The, has the most compelling story. Dimitri's story is by far the most interesting of all the lords. I think as an over, overall story, I as an overall Fire Emblem story, I think I like Claude's and the Golden Deer route most, but I think the Blue Lions is the most compelling story overall. I agree with that. The ultimate problem that I do have with Dimitri's story is that you don't kind of... I mean, even though you defeat um, Ariandel slash Talas, you don't really deal with the main threat of, you know, those that slither in the dark. And so they kind of get away to fight another another day. Yeah, the those that still are in the dark play little parts overtly in Blue Lions, and that's disappointing because, again, those who's, it, it would be one thing if those who slither in the dark were only a post-time skip thing for for uh, Silver Snow and gold, the Golden Deer, but they're there in the pre-time skip. We know about them. They killed your dad. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they don't amount to anything is just not good. And yeah. I almost feel I almost feel like, within recent years, it feels like the writers know how to write a beginning, but they don't really know how to write a ending. Like, Awakening has probably an awesome entrance. And then they have their time skip, and I feel like the story just kind of, like, unravels and re-ravels and unravels again. Overall, I still I still love Three Houses. Three Houses is one of my all-time favorite games. It has pretty much unlimited replayability. I will replay this game forever and 
ever until the next Fire Emblem comes out, which maybe we'll get one this year. I doubt it, but who knows? I absolutely love this game. Is it my favorite Fire Emblem? I'm still in a toss-up about where I want to rank it, so where my favorite Fire Emblem games goes. But there's so much of this game that is just really good. And I feel like all that good outweighs the bad. You know, there's something that every single person can play, or there's something that every single person can find in this game and actually like. I'm glad I got to play through Blue Lions with you for the podcast. And I cannot wait to see what else the podcast is going to lead us to do, Fire Emblem-wise. For now, uh, as far as a playthrough goes, we're going to go on a two-episode break. And then, then depending on what we hear, depending on if there's Nintendo Direct or something, uh, in between those two chapters, two episodes, we're going to play Path of Radiance, the return to uh, console games for the Fire Emblem franchise after a three-game hiatus following Thracia 776. So, as always... You can follow us, KD Corley, Plan Ordo, and Emblem Supports on Twitter. With all that said, chapter complete.